last time you attended a slumber party with your girlfriends and discussed issues on your heart. If you're like me, it's been quite some time. Hi and welcome. My name is Felice Gerwitz and I welcome you to tonight's Mommy Jammies Night. This is a time for you and my friends from around the world to join us live. Put on a comfortable pair of pajamas, pull up a chair, and settle in with your favorite refreshments. And prepare to be blessed as I welcome tonight's guest. Hey everyone, welcome. My name is Felice Gerwitz and I am your host tonight for another episode of Mommy Jammies Night. And tonight with me on the line is Leslie Nunnery. Uh, she is new to calling in and giving a seminar. She would rather see you face-to-face, which you can do <laughs> at the Teach Him Diligently conferences. But I am so happy she said yes, and she's here with us tonight as our special guest. Welcome, Leslie. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Oh, well, it is my pleasure, and I enjoyed getting to meet you and David Uh, This past summer when you hosted um, an event uh, locally here uh, where I live in Florida, and it was such a pleasure to see you in real life, as we say, and uh, get to meet your family. So tell those of us uh, or those that are listening that may not know you guys uh, a little bit about yourself and your family. Uh, Well, I am wife to David. I have been wife to David for about 15 and a half years. And um, then I, through through becoming his wife, the Lord also blessed us with two boys and two girls that we homeschool most days. When <laughs> We try to homeschool every day, but in all sincerity, it comes down to most days, I fear. Um, several years ago, the Lord called David to um, leave his job and begin running a mission board full-time. He had been doing that as a volunteer for a couple of years, but it was very clear that we were at a crossroads, and the mission board could not grow unless it had more attention. And so in April of 2011, David left his job and jumped full-time into running this mission board, and it is a tent-making mission board, and and the whole premise of tent-making missions is that it is self-supporting missions. Um, So we really began praying that the Lord would show us a way to support both the mission and our family and to start businesses in order to do that. And the Lord allowed us to start Teach Him Diligently Convention that year as a way to not only try to reach out and encourage and equip homeschool families, uh, but also as a way to support the mission work of this agency around the world. And then we also have started a preschool in Poland um, that, again, is is just a really cool ministry, and I'll, I'll mention it a little bit later as well, but um, both of these entities support the mission of Worldwide Tent Makers and help us do more stuff around the world as well. Mm. And that's wonderful, and I, I just had to smile when you said you homeschool most days. Um, <laughs> my, my biggest uh, joy is when my children... Um, you know, really start taking off and and doing their work on their own, which happens when they hit high school for us. Uh, Junior high, middle school, not so much, and elementary, definitely not. That's where they've lost a book or a paper or, (laughs) you know, know, something's uh, always amiss in those days if you leave the room, you know, chaos reigns. But, um, you know, just like, let me just throw in a load of laundry while you're reading this passage. That just seems, never mm-hmm. seems to work around here. 
but um but you know it, i i have to say um for the many years i've homeschooled it works and it works really well um, well in so all honesty i think does. we all homeschool 7 days a week 24 7 oh, anyway yeah. so right. i i should have really said we do book homeschooling most days <laughs> we right. do some kind of homeschooling every day right well, it is. It's so true, and uh, and so that that's part of the nature. It's you know, I I was interviewed myself today, and um, although I prefer, prefer this side of the mic much better, <laughs> but that was one of the things I mentioned was that you know homeschooling to us is a lifestyle. It's you know it really is who we are, not just what we do. And right. as a homeschool family, you know we are always looking at things from an educational perspective and uh you know it it really is is true well leslie i am excited to hear your talk today and you are going to discuss the topic that's why i'm here so i'm going to sit back and listen as you share and at the end uh just let me know when you're ready for questions and we'll take some from the audience all right sounds good thank you um, tonight's chat actually began brooding in my mind several months ago when I was studying through the Gospels in my devotions. I came to Mark chapter 1. Um, that chapter relays the events of one of the busiest recorded days in Jesus' life. Jesus had cast out demons, he had taught, he had healed the sick, and traveled from place to place. And then the next morning, it says early, before dawn even, he arose and went out into a secluded place to pray. Well, it, it wasn't long after he went out there that the disciples came seeking him. And, and even at that moment, I just kind of stopped because that happens to me so often, not my disciples, but my children or my husband or whomever. I'll get up early because that is absolutely my favorite time of the day. And I'll, I'll get up and look so forward to having my coffee, having my devotions, my time with the Lord, and just gathering my thoughts for the day. And someone will come and need me right then. And the disciples came, and, and their their quote was, Master, everyone is looking for you. And in my head, I can even hear their panic, as because I often experience that same kind of panic when I feel out of control. I mean, Jesus was an amazing teacher. He could heal. He could cast out demons. But the disciples couldn't. And there were people who were waiting and, and the disciples were trying to tell him what was going on, but where was Jesus when they needed him? And I can just hear this frustration in their voice. But Jesus' response, though, after that incredibly busy day when he had poured out himself over and over on behalf of the people, didn't look like mine. Mine would have been more like, oh, give me a break. I served them all day yesterday. Did they have any idea what I do for them or something along those lines? But instead, his words pierced my soul right in my chair, and I hope that they changed the course of my life forever. He said simply, let us go on to the next town so that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. That was why he was here, to meet needs, to heal, to teach, to lead people to his father. That was why. Everything he did or said fell within that mission. It determined even his reactions. Can you relate to Jesus' experience there? 
what does your busiest day look like? I mean, mine includes teaching and dishes and laundry, which I hate with everything in me, and meals and planning and planning meals and serving and running errands and lessons and ball games and church activities and ugh, on and on and on. But what is your reaction and my reaction? When the people that God has called us to serve, which in most of our cases is going to be our children and our husbands, when they want just one more thing, how do you react when you're wanting to get something done, but your six-year-old needs direction for what needs to do or what she needs to do next? I am very, very sorry to say that mine is not like Jesus' reaction most of the time. In fact, that's part of why uh, today got so messed up and why I kept sending Felice new things and why the handout is pretty cheesy, quite honestly, because even today as I was finishing preparation and trying to get ready to speak to you, I got so frustrated with my children that God completely changed the direction of what I was going to say. So if I seem disorganized tonight or disoriented or or whatever, it's probably because not only did I rewrote much of my presentation this afternoon, but it was rewritten because I was under so much conviction um, for some choices that I have made and some reactions that I have shown. But as I was thinking or really just kind of polishing some things up for for tonight, it was this constant drip of questions from these four children. And, you know, Mama, what do I need to do next after I go to the bathroom? Really? Really? You can't see all this stuff? I gave you a handout. This sheet tells you exactly what you're supposed to do next. But I could feel this frustration and anxiety welling up within me. But, lady, that's why I'm here. I am here to shepherd that little one who keeps patiently asking me time after time what to do next and who really just wants to be near me. I'm here to shepherd the hearts of the older ones who seem to magically disappear so as to not be told what to do next. Do yours do that, or is it exclusive to me? Mine seem to, to think, ooh, Mama's distracted. Let's take a make a break for it. But if it's or if I seem disoriented tonight, I think it's God just trying to make the point that I needed to focus on why I'm here in the first place. Some of the things that make up our busy days, I think, are really part of God's call on our lives. But God keeps pointing out to me that much of this busyness I've just put on myself. I was reminded of what Jesus said in Matthew, where he said, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. God's yoke is easy? (laughs) His burden is light? If that is the case, then why do so many of us feel so downtrodden? Why are we so frustrated? Well, that begs the question of how much that we put on ourselves aren't actually ours to bear, either because we are seeing needs and wanting to meet them, or for other reasons, such as we're discontent where we are, 
or we're in our pride just wanting more. It is great to want to serve, and God has certainly called each of us to serve. But Jesus said that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. We tend to put on difficult yokes and heavy burdens on ourselves. Then blame the Lord when we cannot keep up. A few months ago, a pastor friend of mine wrote a Facebook status that absolutely rocked my world. In fact, when he wrote it, I actually thought, oh, I need to do something with that, and and totally left it behind until just this afternoon. This afternoon, God reminded me of what he wrote, and that was, God has called us to be somewhere. God has not called us to be everywhere. But dear friends, do you ever, like me, sacrifice the somewhere on the altar of the everywhere? If we have a clearer sense of why we are here, then perhaps that would allow us to make wiser decisions about the yokes and burdens we take on, don't you think? We're going to take a look at a couple of those things together. But first, I want you to to kind of bear with me because this may seem totally out of the blue. But as I was thinking about the sacrifices that I tend to make and the additional things that I bring on myself, the Lord brought to my mind homemade bread. To make really good bread, which I just sadly never have time to do, it has to be kneaded just the right amount. The kneading process, as I looked it up today, it actually stretches all those gluten strands, making them springy and elastic. If the dough isn't kneaded enough, it doesn't spring up enough. It looks flat and has a dense texture, and it tends to tear when you try to cut it. But over-kneaded dough is no better. In fact, on a bread-making site that I found, I read, quote, loaves made with over-kneaded dough often end up with a rock-hard crust and a dense, dry interior. Now, keeping with our bread analogy, I doubt many in this room are under-kneaded. I doubt too many of us have too little to do and just sit around idly. But... Are you over-needed? That's needed with a K there. Does the way that you are managing your life and your family leave you with a rock-hard crust and a dense, dry interior? I can look at way too many days that I wasted that way, and that is not the impression that I want to give my children of what serving Christ does to a person. That is not a product or or that is not how I want to walk around. Do you ever say things or, or react to things and just wonder where that came from? Well, that's that hard crust and that, that brittle interior that doesn't bend. It just breaks and crumbles. Well, I think that this is a product of my trying to be everywhere and sacrificing somewhere. But why? Why do I do this? And I I just kept asking myself that, and it's, it's been something that I've been working on, and really, in the Lord's timing, he just absolutely brought it to a head today. But I wondered, could it 
be that I feel like the somewhere that I am is not important. Like it's not making a big enough difference in the world. Because if I feel that way, then I'm really kind of looking down my nose at where God has placed me. So I really need to get my arms around why am I here? Where has God called me and what has he called me to do? And then once we figure out those things, we can weigh every opportunity, every need, every turn in light of that. So we're going to look very, very briefly at some roles that I am called to play as probably almost all of you are. And there's not nearly enough time to actually develop these thoughts or to jump in and look at what the scripture has to say about them. But I urge you to think through your own list and take the time to really evaluate those roles for yourself. Weighing the somewhere tasks versus the everywhere opportunities. First of all, I am a child of the king. (laughs) I was thinking this afternoon, I have a, a video of my daughter who, when she was four, she received Christ as her Savior. And I I asked her on this video what she had done. I was planning to send it to my parents who lived in Kentucky at the time. And she told me that she was now a princess because she was a child of the king. And I have never forgotten, nor will I ever forget, her sweet little voice saying those words. And ever since that day... That's all that I can think of myself as. I really am a child of a king. And I'm so thankful that even as a little four-year-old, she recognized that truth. So everything that I do or say should be to do the work of my father. And if by chance any of you listening tonight don't know that you too are a child of the king of kings, I would love to talk to you about that. Becoming a princess like my four-year-old did will forever change the course of your life as you discover that there is one who is much more worthy to live for than yourself. In addition to being a child of the king, though, I am called to be David's wife. And I was called to be David's wife well before I was called to be the mom of Camden, Peyton, Lizzie Gray, and Lila. Even at various stages of our life, when the children demand a lot of attention, which I am learning every stage the children demand a lot of attention, it's just very different attention, that at each one of those stages, I am still called to be his wife. Oh, how many marriages are destroyed when we forget that? Please, ladies, don't allow yourself to sacrifice the somewhere of your marriage on the altar of the everywhere your children want to go or be or experience or do. That makes for a tired, stressed, and broken wife at the end of the day. I want to be a delight to him. I want to be a helpmeet to him. I don't want to affect him with my rock-hard crust that I get from taking on too much. I found that my attitude about my work, about the children, about everything, directly affects my husband. It took me years to see that, oh, excuse me, that because he loves me so much, he wants to make everything right for me. So when I am out of kilter, David goes into overdrive to make things right, no matter what. So my attitude about what God has called me to do And my reaction to the just one mores 
can affect the rest of my household very quickly when I become like a dripping faucet around my husband. And again, that is not the picture I want to present of what serving God looks like or what Christian marriage should look like. Ladies, I encourage you to remember your marriages. Flirt with your husbands. Spend time with and on them. Remember, it's because of your love for him that you became a mommy in the first place. I need to be willing to set aside my own pride and exhaustion and even my own will sometimes to serve him. For as his wife, that's why I'm here. Then I'm also called to be a mom to my four children. That means that in varying ways throughout their lives, I'm privileged to take care of them, to disciple them, to teach them diligently, and to point their hearts toward their creator, savior, and king. And that takes a lot of time, and it takes a lot of preparation. But, oh, the payoff. I, I think so often of the verse where the Bible says that I have no greater joy than to know that my children walk with him, with, with the Lord. And, and I just pray every day that as my children get older that they will not leave what they know to be true and that they will not that they will walk with the Lord all the days of their lives. At whatever stage you're in, though, whether you have babies and you're so sleep-deprived that you can't form two sentences that seem coherent, or whether you have young children that are active so that you can hardly keep up with them, or whether that you have teens that, as I'm now seeing, you seem to want to just hold on to so tightly because your time now seems so short, (laughs) or older ones that have already left your nest, We all need to be seeking the way that we can shepherd and disciple our children in in that stage right where they are and be willing to spend time with them that they need in that somewhere to which you are called. You know, I have, by God's grace, a great relationship with all my children. But, you know, with my 14-year-old son, he is um, probably of all of them the most like me. It's it's frightening sometimes. And so we have just a very, very, very good relationship. But that relationship was born out of hours upon hours that we spent together when he was younger, reading and talking, laughing, singing, playing, you name it, goofing off. Those younger days when your activities seem so mundane are so critical for building a foundation for the teen years. Never lose sight that what you're doing is has such kingdom significance every single day right there in your home. We cannot let Satan tear apart our families and make our homes a battleground because we as moms sacrifice the precious somewhere on the altar of the everywhere. Finally, I'm called to serve others. And this is going to look different for every one of us. And it's going to vary greatly with what stage of life you're currently in. But it comes down to your intent always. God has been preparing each one of us for the exact mission that he has for us right now. He has been pouring into your life talents and circumstances and and all of these things to get you right where you are. You are uniquely suited to minister to those children. You are uniquely suited to do anything around you that he places in your path. 
if you are only looking for it. Even those of us who are in the the stage of life where, in all honesty, we feel like we're on the shelf. I know it was it was two and a half years ago where I absolutely felt like I was totally on the shelf. Everything that I did was within the walls of my house. And I thought, God, I'm not doing anything for you. That's how small my vision was in that. Because not only was the work that I was doing day in and day out, discipling and pouring love into my children and pouring love into my husband, not only was that so important, but God has brought people all around me and all around you that I can reach or that you can reach that nobody else can. They are probably out of the reach of your pastor. They are probably out of the reach of any other missionary. And yet God has planted them right there. And you need to serve them in in many different ways. They're in your neighborhood. They're at your grocery store. They're at your co-op. But I wonder if we can actually see them. I am so concerned, both with myself and with with just in us or us in general, as the world has gotten so small, and that is so cool that we can communicate with people from all over. But I'm so concerned that through this small world that we're actually missing the the people that God has put right there. We don't even see them. That we're so busy with the everywhere that we miss the people that God has put all around or somewhere. And all afternoon my heart was just crying out, Father, please forgive me because I don't even know. I I spend so much time working on really good things. I am working on missional things. I am working on things to to teach them diligently, to encourage and equip families. And this is a passion and a mission that God has given me and my family. But, But we have got to be able to keep that in balance and not lose sight of my neighbor behind me that I was able to meet at the trampoline after praying for for a long time that I would be able to cross her path. And she actually walked into my yard because her little ones wanted to jump on my trampoline. That is somebody that God actually brought to me. And all I had to do was look out my kitchen window and see her there and take the two or three minutes to walk out and go talk to her and and find out that this lady has two littles and she's pregnant with twins that are coming in April. And God knew that she needed encouragement and she needs somebody to come alongside and say, you're going to have the strength to make it through this. And so if we will just be looking at the people that God has placed in our somewhere, I think that we will be so encouraged with what we can do for him. But though my call, my somewhere, looks very, very different than yours, God has equipped and prepared me for my call, just as he's equipped and prepared you for yours. And he has promised that he will never give me a burden that I'm unable to bear. And thank God he makes that same promise to you. His burden is light, or is easy, and his yoke is light. How often, though, 
does our discontent or our pride of wanting to do more cause us to look beyond what God has given us and heap upon ourselves burdens that, that are too heavy and difficult for us? How often do we look at the seemingly commonness of our daily lives and desire or even seek out more, more to do, more to be? I hope and pray that all of us will remember that there are no common tasks to God. God has king-size plans for us mommies. So let's not grow weary in well-doing. Let's not get hard crusts and dry interiors because we are so overneeded, because we are just stretched and pulled in too many directions. But rather, let us be just focusing on the fact that the difference that we can make in the lives of our children, in the lives of the people around us in our somewhere, is absolutely earth-changing. Oh, I pray that none of us will sacrifice this beautiful somewhere on the altar of the everywhere, but that we will really intentionally look at things differently, be present where we are, And it may mean that you have to just draw deep, deep lines around your time. And for those of you that work, that may mean that you have to push some things aside and make sure that when you are with your children, that you are with your children. That's that's one thing that God convicts me of so, so much. I give lip service to the fact that I work this amount of time and then I homeschool and then I do this and I do that, but... I'm distracted all the time if I am not very, very intentional about being there. And so I encourage you, just as God did a number on my heart today, that we will all be looking at our somewhere as a blessed, wonderful place and that we will never, ever sacrifice it on the altar of the everywhere and doing everything So thank you, Felice, so much for the opportunity, and thank you for your patience as everything was very, very fluid today. Oh, gosh. No, I just love it, um, really and truly, um, that you listen to the Lord, you know, Leslie, and that is so much more important than, you know, uploading (laughs) a file twice to me is minor in the scheme of things, so (laughs) it takes seconds. So, no, I, I just think it's... It's great. And thank you so much for being honest here. And, you know, I just want to say you're a public um, figure in the eyes of so many. I mean, you and uh, David are, you know, out there hosting conferences that are, you know, really a blessing to so many. And so people tend to have you on a pedestal whether you want want to be on one or not. And uh, and so, you know, in this way, you're showing us that you are real and that, you know, these things do happen and that we can't beat ourselves up, but we need to, you know, look at the solutions and, and what's available to us and kind of act on those. So I just really appreciate that in your talk. Hmm. Well, thank you. It uh, Yeah, it's it's a very strange thing because... We, um, you, you said that we are a public. That's just that's so strange because we just produce events, <laughs> and and it is it is 
they are missional events, and we are so passionate about it. And it is something that we talk and eat and breathe and pray about every single day. But but ultimately, we just produce events, and and I'm so thankful for the opportunity to do that. But I certainly don't consider myself a very public figure. <laughs> <laughs> well, usually you you don't look at yourself, or you know, it it just I guess. People have come up to me and said things, and I think, you know, we're real people too. You know, when I've been really honest at, at conferences and in my speaking, so that's, you know, I, I know that that happens. So, okay, well, there are some questions here. Um, the first is, is kind of tough, and usually during these sessions it's difficult because you, you know, you, you, um, and I, I'll go ahead and ask, and if we get some clarification, then I can add that. But, you know, because it's not a face-to-face event, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think we get some of these questions um, that are a little bit more um, vague. But this one says, um, I come from a broken family, and it's hard to forget the past. Do you have any suggestions for moving on? Hmm. Um, yeah. Honestly, the only suggestion that I would have is that the Bible promises that he will give you grace for whatever circumstance. And, you know, I learned when I was younger, I, I actually read a book that said that I am not responsible for anyone's actions, but I am always responsible for my reactions to that. And I tell my kids that all the time. And it's not easy, and it is such an intentional thing, and it is it my heart breaks for those who do come from from broken families or who are struggling now with with marriage issues or or, or family issues in any way, but we live in a broken world, and everywhere i I see sin it just it it angers me and it breaks my heart, but ultimately. We as believers just have to turn that over to the Lord and recognize that God put that in your hand. And if you will allow him to, he can use that at some point. But you have to allow the Lord to to work that forgiveness through you and to give you the grace to, to move on and then minister to others who are in the same place where you can understand what they're going through even though I just don't have that experience at all. And so God uniquely equipped you to minister to those people that I couldn't help. That's that's beautiful. And, you know, um, at, at um, one time I remember thinking, you know, how can people not get along with their, their brothers or sisters? And um, then a situation happened um, in our family where um, it was a divorce situation. And... Um, you know, it it was just not good. And my brother said he would never speak to me again. And I was just mm. floored. And I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, we've always been so close-knit. And my mother had recently died, which made it even harder because I'm, I'm seven and eight years older than my two brothers. So, you know, I kind of had gone into that, you know, um, you know, we were all adults when she died. But you know it was it was just a shock and all i could do was say you know i will pray for you and your family and you know and and then like 3 days later he called and there was some emergency and um and so you know it, it, it anyway it ended up 
working out really well, and I'm really good mm. friends with my sister on everything. But but the thing is, it was you know I, I couldn't I couldn't react or or I had no frame of reference. You know I I didn't have right. my mom to go talk to. I couldn't talk to my dad about it. He would have been devastated. And so, you know, all I could do was pray and go to go to my father in heaven, and he knew how to work it out. And, um, you know, and, and I'm really happy for the relationship. And I just think that, you know, sometimes, you know, these these burdens are huge. You know, um, when we're talking about brokenness, it's not, um, you know, mom always liked you best kind of a petty thing. I mean, there's some horrendous things that have happened within families. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and so only God can help you through that. And then, like, you know, I, I think that was great advice, Leslie. You, they'll be able to minister to others. So we just really have, we, we have to realize that God does know, um, you know, everything. He knows the outcome. And we just have to prayerfully seek him in direction. But there's another question here, and um, this one is very heartfelt as well. It says, how do you keep going on when it seems you are just going in circles? There is no time for husband and wife time because of everything happening in my life. <laughs> um, I I cannot tell you how many days, if you just want raw, how many days I have just wanted to chuck it all. I just felt like there was too much there was I was too busy but at the end of the day I I had to come down to the fact that God had put me where I am and therefore I needed to weed out the things that were not from him and pare down to the things that were and then intentionally focus on those things so I would encourage you and this is a daily struggle at least in my life to to find the things that are extra now there are seasons when you know i had my first three children were three and a half years from one to three so there are seasons when when you're just tired and you are so weary and and i remember honestly very little about my relationship with my husband during that time. I mean, I assumed that it was good. We never had problems, <laughs> but, but it's kind of a blur. But but oh, funny. you you work through and you 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 just press on through those seasons that are a little bit more difficult, realizing that God is with you. God will not give you more than you can bear, and so things may look different than ideally you would like for them to. And it may be, and and this, you know, is, is a horrible thing to say, it may be that you have to really, and I, I say that just because I'm speaking to myself, you have to back off of some of your expectations on what the house looks like or what you are able to do or how you're able to present things all the time. Those of us who, who like to to have everything done just right, I think have a much harder time with that. Um, but I think sometimes God puts us in those situations to kind of stretch us and say, you're kind of making an idol out of this other stuff. So right. so just really evaluate what is in your life, what is necessary, what is extra, either that 
is good, but it's just extra right now. You know, there when I had those three babies, I had to be very, very careful in what all I took on because I I couldn't do a whole lot of extra stuff because there wasn't any extra of me. And I was fortunate because I had my mom close by. But for a lot of people, they don't even have that. So really, really evaluate what is important. God has called you to your family. God has called you to your husband, to your children, first and foremost in this world. So, you know, kind of get those priorities in line and then just start amputating, at least for a little while, the good things that are just extra right now. And hopefully that'll that'll give you more time and more energy to, to focus on those relationships that are so important. Very good. Another one, how do you find balance regarding working and homeschooling when you are in a lot of debt due to past mistakes? I feel like that pressure is always there and I can't ignore my need to work as much as possible. Um, that is, you know, in 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 our family, we have... Not not personal debt, but but we run a a ministry that is just a very very razor thin you know type of a, a margin because we are we kick off of teach them diligently we we donate to missions as much as we possibly can so I am working a lot and and you know we we just we have to do it because we can't hire extra people to to come in and do this stuff. So I, I do understand from that perspective, it, again, slightly different circumstances, but honestly, at least in my life, it is something that the work absolutely threatens every single day to take over every single moment. And I know and my family knows that this is something that God has for us right now. This is something that I am privileged to be able to do, but... The days that I let it get out of balance or the weeks, the months, depending on how long before I hear that still small voice saying slow down, Leslie, um, Mm -hmm. are the days that everything is chaotic, that everybody is, it it just nothing's right. So I would encourage you, there are so many people so many of the ladies that are that come to the conventions that I talk to there that I interact with through you know both at church through social media and so on that are in the same situation so many of them are working and for all of us it is just a constant struggle for balance and I honestly with the exception of just starting every day with Lord what do you want me to do today what is this day supposed to look like and then really dig in your heels to stick to that plan and put up those boundaries, which I work from home, and so it it just, everything just kind of drips constantly. There's there's constantly something that needs my attention, but I have had to be very intentional to shut my computer, to put my phone in a drawer, to to just walk away from work on for that time that I need to be spending homeschooling my children or discipling my children and the older that they get, the later that happens. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's like they, they really wake up and want to talk at night. And so that pushes me back later because I try to work for the next day at night. And so, you know, you just you just have to find 
what hours you're going to need to keep in order to get everything in. But again, there are some things that are just not as important. And in all sincerity, I have found right now that I honestly do not have a perfect house. I would love to. I try to, you know, we've found that in like 15 minutes we can straighten up the downstairs. So if somebody comes over, boom, it looks good. But please don't come upstairs to my room or the bedrooms (laughs) because that is not as important right now as all this other stuff, and especially as discipling these children that are growing older and forming their belief set so deeply now as they're entering the teen years. That takes just a lot more of my time, and and you find that you just kind of have to shift some things around and let go of your ideals sometimes of what perfect looks like. Mm, you know, very good. And, you know, that that is true. Um, I could be working 24-7 between my publishing or the website or um, my husband's business. Today I attended a luncheon for him um, for his home inspection business. So, you know, there are so many things pulling on my time. And um, I do things in pockets, um, social media, especially with um, answering emails and things like that, can just be such a um, (laughs) huge time waster um mm-hmm. you know it it just seems like it it takes forever to get through emails and so um you know all i can do in adding to that is um you know do try to get that time with your husband even if it's just 5 minutes where you're sitting on the couch and talking and telling the kids you know what um i just want dad to myself for just a few minutes and we'll be right there i mean we have um you know, a, a nice, a formal living room that is way too small for our family. But it is, it has a couple of couches in there. And it's nice because, you know, my husband and I can walk in there and, um, you know, and the kids know, you know, okay, mom and dad are talking. It's also where they get in trouble. So it's the other we go and have serious conversations, you know. Um, but, you know, it, it's, still um important to have a little bit of time where you can just sit with your husband and and just you know regroup and my husband and I really try hard I think we um our date nights that were weekly at one time are now you know if we can get out once every couple of months we think we're doing really well and um you know 34 years we're still we're still going strong here so um and uh and so that's great. Okay, a couple more questions. Uh, Cora has most this is more of, of something she wanted you to know. It's not really a question. She goes, Leslie, thank you so much. I'm sad because I don't think we'll be able to attend the Teach and Diligently conference in 2014. The locations just are not close enough. I really appreciate the message that God has blessed you with to give us for Mommy's Night tonight. Hmm. So that thank you. Cora. We'll just have to keep praying that the Lord opens the door for you to come. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Um, Okay, and Arola said, um, how do you help a group of teens understand that God has everything in his hands? This past week, a teen's life was taken at a home farm, and it has thrown all of them into questioning God. Uh, It's like an accidental death. It's that the older brother is blaming himself, and there's nothing he could do. That's tough. It it really is. Um, when I was a freshman, 
was it my freshman year? Either after my freshman year or after my sophomore year of college. I think it was after my freshman year of college. A good, good friend of mine was killed in a car accident. And I was working at a Christian camp at the time, and this friend had actually been up there that morning with me, and she had driven down the hill with her husband. She was a few years older than me. And they were hit. She was killed, and it was it was just tragic and sudden. And I will never forget, as we were all just shaken to the core and horrified and so deeply saddened, a quote that came out of all of that, and somebody said, and I have no idea where this originated, but he said, we may not always understand, but we have to trust the excellent character of our God. And it is in those moments when we just cannot understand that we just have to go back and rehearse what we know to be true because everything on earth is going to change and we are so shrouded in sin and frailty, but God does not change. And we know so many things about him through the through God's word. And maybe what you need to do is just start a study where you guys just go through the Psalms and look at what and who God is and, and just start building a portrait of God and just hanging your hopes and your your sorrows and everything else on this good and mighty God who will work this together for his good or for, for, for your good in some way and for his glory. Um, but that is, you know, ultimately we just have to go back to what we know about God because his ways are not our ways and we we cannot understand this side of glory, exactly what happened. Um, but but I, I can tell you in, in the instance that I led with, through the death of my friend, many came to see just how fragile life was. And mm-hmm. many, many came to know him through that. Many, absolutely, it changed their lives because they saw that living for themselves was just futile. So, you know, I, I think that, or I pray anyway, that as time goes on that, that they will all start to see God's hand in this. But in the meantime, just turn their hearts and eyes onto God and help them to know him better so that when these things come, they have a foundation that that they can rest on. They know that God is their refuge. God is their strength. God is good. God is light. There are so many things that we can know about our God. And and if if we just rehearse those, I, I it just makes it so much easier in those times. Uh, and that's beautiful, Leslie. And on that note... We are going to end um, this episode of Mommy Jammies Night. It has been such a blessing um, to have met you, to have gotten to know you and and David and your ministry. And I just pray that the Lord greatly blesses the the next uh, season of Teach Him Diligently and that, you know, you continue doing what the Lord calls you to do and we'll pray for you on this end. Thanks again Thank for being here being our our special speaker. Thank you. Good night, everybody. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. And thanks bye-bye. so much, everyone, for coming. And um, we look forward to seeing you next month um, on our Mommy Jammy Night. Take care and God bless. Have you ever felt like no one understands you? 
Are you smiling outwardly, but inside you are far from the happy person others see? Believe me, we've all gone through that from time to time. We all struggle. We are overwhelmed with daily life, and the smallest of chores seem insurmountable. Take heart. Here at Media Angels, I know how you feel. My name is Felice Gerwitz, and when my oldest son was born with a form of Down syndrome, I thought my world had ended. Finally, I turned my eyes to the Lord, and when I did, He showed me the world of homeschooling. Now, many years later, and with five children all homeschooled, I'm delighted that the work the Lord would have me do is for you. I have not looked back. I'm a homeschool mom since 1986, and I bring you this amazing network, the ultimate homeschool radio network. And not only that, I've compiled a list of recordings that are sure to please. If you enjoyed tonight's Mommy Jammies Night, you will love our Mommy Jammies Night albums. They are ready to download and listen to on your time. There are many other audio selections on the MediaAngels.com website with the Homeschool Moms Rescue Set and my favorite, the Homeschool Moms Prayer Album. Whatever you decide, know that I know what you are going through and I'm here for you. Connect with me on Facebook at the Media Angels Publishing page or the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network fan page. Just know I'm an email away. so happy you came to Mommy Jammies Night. Please drop my guests a line and let them know how thankful you are that they gave their time. And follow up with me on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network Facebook page or via email. God's blessings upon you and your family. Thanks for joining us.